Welcome to The Panic Pod. Uh, we're back to talk today about the topic of sleep and anxiety. I know it's something I've kind of spoke about before, but it's uh, better to get a guest on, another therapist, to come on and talk about it rather than just assuming that I'm right. Because even though I am, I can back it up with other people that agree with me. Because that's how it works, isn't it? You get guests on that just agree with your opinions. Uh, obviously, I'm joking. We've got uh, a wonderful guest on today, uh, someone who lives quite close to me, which is nice, in the northwest of England. Uh, it's nice to uh, welcome you on the show, Louise Tyler, who is an M, uh, a BACP registered therapist in the UK and has uh, written about sleep and stuff in articles and stuff, and that's how we found each other. Uh, welcome to the Panic Pod, Louise. How are you doing today? Hi, Josh. Thank you. Yeah, I'm absolutely fine. Thank you. I'm looking forward to chatting to you about one of my favourite subjects, sleep. <laughs> oh, brilliant. She said, let's send each other to sleep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> brilliant. Um, why don't you kind of introduce yourself? What, how long have you been yeah. a therapist and things? Yeah. I mean, and and what, what, in, what interests you about sleep? Okay. So I've been a therapist for 10 years. Um, mm. I started my career working in occupational health and in, in, in an in-house counselling team and then I gradually set up my private practice on the side and eventually my private practice got so busy that I decided to just concentrate on that in full so that's what I do and I see couples and individuals actually in my practice. You see and couples, you're brave. I see couples as well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know anxiety, sleep, low mood, relationship issues, they're all pretty related at some level. And, you know, I think sleep is something that is applicable applicable across the board. You know, it's, it's a weird one. It's a chicken and egg situation. Mental health distress causes insomnia, hmm. but insomnia causes mental health distress. And so often clients come and I mean I always you know ask a general um questions about their health and, and well-being etc and sleep is one of the questions how are you sleeping and very often if people are distressed in any way their sleep will be one of the first things to go yeah it's really interesting like I I work with with anxiety disorders and what I hear a lot and there'll be people kind of listening to us now they they put a lot of pressure on themselves to sleep because there's this kind of narrative going around that if I sleep, I'll feel better. Now, of course, you know, a good night's sleep can make you feel better. Although saying that, you know, I got nine hours last night and woke up feeling that rubbish. So, you know, like sometimes it doesn't, you know. But in general, it's it's kind of seen as one of the the panaceas of kind of recovery. And people with anxiety disorders don't like feeling anxious. And so they read all this information online on google or whatever like oh you know sleep is really good for anxiety and for someone who's you know i'm working with anxiety disorders i kind of want the opposite to be taught it's like actually it doesn't matter if you sleep or not because you can still function mm-hmm. now a lot of anxiety disorders are based on the fear of fear so you know if, if i don't sleep then what if i get more anxious well in my practice it'd be well then don't sleep then and get more anxious because yeah. that's the whole point. That's what we're working with here, you know. Uh, and it's one of these th- these things that I hear that it's great for stress. You know, if you're stressed and you're angry, you know, get more sleep, of course. But 
why I kind of want to get you on the, like, as a guest is because I, I've seen you kind of talk about it. Like actually, you know, let's let's stop ramming it down people's throats about sleep being so great. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Yeah. I think that you could. And there's a great equation to ensure insomnia, which is, you know. Um, some mild stress and anxiety that's causing a bit of temporary sleeplessness, very normal, plus dire warnings from this well-being movement that's kind of been <laughs> set up around, you know, fear around sleep. Um, and it's going to cause you this and it's going to cause you that health problem and you're never going to be able to function. And the, you know, the what we, that equation equals is utter fear, utter anxiety, which equals utter insomnia. You know, oh, yes. oh, I love it, that. It, it's beyond, <laughs> you know, insomnia, you know, not sleeping isn't a lifestyle choice. I don't understand why people would want to scare people into sleeping. I mean, it's it's completely counterintuitive to tell people you must sleep or else you're going to be ill or you're going to, you know, these terrible things are going to happen to you. You might as well be kind of giving them a prescription for not sleeping. So um, I'm completely with you on that. It's let's just go back to basics and I, I like to kind of do a bit of psychoeducation around sleep and what it is and um, also be realistic about sleep there's going to be times when you don't sleep and you know what it doesn't matter as soon as you start bringing it into the kind of fear domain that it's an absolute disaster it's going to cause so many problems I, I've got a real bugbear I don't know if I'm allowed to mention a name of a, an author on this uh, on this podcast but Matthew Walker Nay, yeah. man, shame. So <laughs> it ain't getting edited yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. Matthew Walker's book, to me, people love it. But for me, it's just really a terrible read for anyone struggling with sleep because it's just, it's it's really about fear. If you don't sleep, you're going to die. You're yeah, gonna yeah, die. yeah, that's yeah. Really? Like, yeah. can, you, I don't, can, you, can, you imagine, can you imagine that? Oh, do you, do you hear about Uncle Tony? He, he died. <laughs> For what of he just couldn't sleep, yeah. just didn't sleep, and he died. Yeah. It doesn't happen, you know. Yeah. And there's no. I, I've got fortunate to have loads of GP friends, and I'm like, you know, anyone has ever died from not sleeping? They're like, no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know, obviously the counter argument is, yeah, but sleep uh, has a has a cumulative insidious effect. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. Yeah. Like, just it's okay. You can function. Yeah. I literally went a year, literally on. 20 minutes sleep a night because I couldn't sleep because really? I was in the midst of panic disorder, panic attacks, agoraphobia, all that. Uh, and I'm still here, mm -hmm. you know. Um, now sometimes I don't sleep. It gets to like 2, 3 in the morning, so I just get up. Yeah. Because um, how many clients have you had, Louise, where they just clock watch? Yeah. Oh, four, oh, if I fall asleep now, I'll get five hours. Mm -hmm. Oh, but if I go to sleep now, I'll get four yeah. hours. Yeah. Oh, but if I go to sleep now, maybe i get three hours. And it's just like you, you might as well just get up and listen to the radio. Or do, yeah. or, or do a sculpture or something. What are you doing? Yeah. No, exactly. Because actually, it's about rest, isn't it? You, It's about, if you can't sleep, actually, rest. If resting for you is doing a sculpture or getting up and doing, you know, the ironing or watching something on TV, you're better doing that than lying in bed worrying about sleep. Because it's actually the worry. It's the worry about sleep that's going to be the issue rather than the lack of sleep. So I do try and tell clients, you know what, if you can't sleep, then just concentrate on rest. But let's just go back to what you were saying about you had a year of sleep where you only a year where you only got about twenty minutes of sleep a night. So what you know what is insomnia? 
you know, an inability to sleep. And, and the actual kind of definition of it is hyperarousal. It's a state in which a person's brain is simply too agitated to sleep. Yeah. Mm. So insomnia is kind of the byproduct of you being agitated, stimulated. It might be stimulated. Sometimes it's excitement that means you can't sleep. Yeah. Or it's fear. Christmas Eve. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or, or it's hyperarousal when you've got too much going on. Yeah. Mm. So the insomnia is kind of a byproduct of that. And I think what I like to work on with clients is how we're going to bring down that stimulation, whatever it is. And it's not just about bringing it down at night. It's about working on it holistically as a whole. And and if you start to do that, as you've probably learned, because you know everything there is to know about anxiety. <laughs> not quite. <laughs> not <getting> there. <laughs> you will probably sleep will come. It will, it will be better for you. You might never be a fantastic sleeper, but you'll probably learn to sleep. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm naff at sleeping. How are you at sleeping? Are you good at it? I'm rubbish at no, it. No, I'm not very good. I have to have very good, very specific conditions in order to sleep. It has to be quiet and it has to be dark and all kinds of things. Um, I'm not the best sleeper in the world, but you know what? I've learned to live with it and I'm absolutely fine. Yeah, yeah we're all right. We're sighted. You know, yeah. uh, and that's, <laughs> I like to hear that as well. That kind of, you know, I used to have really bad. Did you ever have difficulties with your sleep in the past? Did I? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I very strangely, when I was a, a student at university, having been a fantastic teenage sleeper, like most sleepers are, like most teenagers are, uh, out of the blue, suddenly started having massive problems sleeping. I'm not mm. sure why. Um, but I think it was to do with body clock. My body clock was, I was going to keeping very odd hours as a student. I think my body clock went completely out of sync. In retrospect, it was handled badly in that there was a, oh, panic, panic. We're not sleeping. You're not sleeping. Mm. Um, visiting doctors were saying, oh my God, you're not sleeping and all the rest of it. Whereas I think had it been handled differently, which was, oh, well, your body clock's a bit out. It'll, it'll come back. I think it mm. would have all. Um, I think at that point, I kind of learned to think about sleep too mm. much. And actually, if you ask any good sleeper what they do to sleep, they'll look at you like you're mad. Yeah. It, it, and, and again, I mean, the old, the age old psychology idiom of, you know, what you, what you resist persists. Like for me, when I talk about sleep anxiety, um, oh, not sure that was the, um, Sorry, Louise, when something's moving there, it's really loud in the headphones. I don't know oh, what it was. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, sorry. Oh, you can end it. Right. <laughs> sorry, got it. Um, uh, yeah, so what I found is that it's not the sleep that people – it's a mixture of people putting all their healing on sleep, mm-hmm. but also they're avoiding something that they fear. And the fear is I fear – not sleeping Mm -hmm. i fear my ability to cope if i don't sleep i fear that maybe there's a great chance of failure or rejection Mm -hmm. if i don't sleep i fear that you know these sensationalized headlines you know sleeps this Mm -hmm. sleeps that um i fear that you know i'll become unwell if i don't sleep and you're absolutely spot on when you say there's so much pressure on it and it's like, but it doesn't need to be. You just, if you mm. sleep, you sleep. My sleep is naff. And always will, probably always will be, because I've been through a lot. And that's okay. I'm here. I'm happy. Mm. You know, it's, it's all good. And when I work, I get, I get invited onto like sleep panels every year, like in the corporate world. 
And they're like, what's your tip? What's your tip? I don't know why they invited me. What's your tips to sleep? And I was like, stop trying. Stop yeah. trying to sleep. You're like, don't purposely stay up all night. See what yeah. happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, <laughs> yeah. And they're like, oh, thanks, Joshua. We'll see you next year. <laughs> <laughs> That's the end of the talk. Well, you've you've challenged it, haven't you? Uh, that kind of uh, in an article. I can't remember which. What was the article you wrote where it was um, challenging the the sleep narratives about that? I, I loved reading it. Where, where was that in? It, it was it for Raconteur magazine, which is a newspaper yeah. which comes out in conjunction with the Times every every so often. It's a that periodical was it, yeah. paper. Loved yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, you know, I kind of just. Well, first of all, we had to talk about the fact of sleep being a privilege, actually, because it was, you know, the basis of the article was how dangerous it is or can be dangerous not to sleep. And, we, you know, we have to understand that, you know, people don't sleep for various reasons. Um, they might be in pain. You know, they might be on shift work. And like I said, their body clocks are all mixed up. They might be new mums. It might be on medication that causes them not to sleep. There's all kinds of reasons that people don't sleep. And I think I was just reacting in that article to this um, this narrative around, you know, you must sleep or else, which seems really strange, actually, because it's not a lifestyle choice. I think it was this idea of More sleep like becoming that. some some lifestyle choice. You must sleep or else. Yeah. I know so many people who listen to this will be like, oh, yeah, that. Yeah. That yeah. resonates. Yeah. But you it's also this life, this lifestyle yeah. choice thing, which is, do people really choose not to sleep? I know young people stay up later than they should and look at social media and all that. But, you know, most adults, they don't go around saying, oh, you know, I choose not to sleep. Most adults I speak to that struggle with sleep would do anything for a good night's sleep. But mm. they're being spoken to as if they're, they're kind of choosing it, as if it's, it's they've chosen it like they've chosen to smoke or drink, well, I've chosen not to sleep. I mean, it, it's crazy. So I think that's what I was kind of railing against in, in that um, article. Mm. I Yeah, I loved it. And it's it's not, it's, it's, for me, it sounds like it's the difference between a doing and a not doing. Like you, like people, that this, this belief that sleep is a doing. Like, no, it, sleep is the epitome of not doing anything. It, you're literally unconscious. Mm. You're not doing anything. Mm -hmm. Whereas, you know, it's not like, oh, I, I did yoga or I'm doing the gym or I'm doing my, my, my work or my emails. You don't do sleep. It's when you don't do sleep. Mm. And so, again, it's a lot of that just letting go of everything. And sometimes you aren't going to sleep. Sometimes there's going to be bad things that happen in your life. Sometimes your kids are going to keep you up. Sometimes you're going to be haunted by a trauma. Sometimes someone's going to have annoyed you and you're going to ruminate on it. You know, it's just challenging that narrative of, you know, I like that you must, you must do this or else. No, mm. it's not a doing, you know, when you are at a place of, you know, content, calm, then yeah, you'll fall asleep quite naturally, mm -hmm. you know, but yeah, but, but this, it, does, it doesn't matter how much kind of 
pillow mist you put on, whale noises, all that stuff. I mean, some people use that and that's great. And, you know, you can use things as tools to help you sleep. Yeah. But if you're really struggling with insomnia, it's almost like just surrender, surrender. It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Tonight I will lie down and rest. Mm -hmm. Sleep is the bonus. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's, Mm. I think if if you kind of go with that thought and you get into because actually if you go into bed worrying about sleep and what happens is usually people have one or two or three nights bad nights sleep or or a few weeks of sleep if they're going through something traumatic um and then it becomes a vicious cycle because they start worrying about sleep and then as we've said as soon as anxiety enters your body you go into that you go into fight or flight response and we are not designed to sleep when we're in fight or flight response. It would be—it's the opposite of what we're meant to do because we're we're on the lookout for danger when we're in fight mm. or flight response. So it's actually impossible to sleep when you're feeling anxious, when you've got cortisol going through your body. So the you know if you're worrying, you you won't sleep. That's for absolute sure. So <laughs> then you're not going to sleep. You're not going to sleep. <laughs> end of story. But you can get into a bit of a vicious circle, as we all know. You know, you've had a few days or nights of not sleeping and then the fear sets in I'm not going to sleep tonight and it's it's about learning how to kind of remove that fear and you know I do have tips for clients um I don't know if I'm allowed to kind of speak about them because they're not you can say tips. whatever you yeah. want come bring, come ask the tips come yeah. on let, let, let's do, share it share the golden nuggets <laughs> they're not tips about sleep per se okay? or even better yeah they're tips about reducing anxiety, cortisol and adrenaline in the body all day long. Because actually, can you believe this? You're preparing for sleep from the minute that you wake up in the morning. I can relate to that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Not just thinking about sleep, but your body's actually preparing for sleep. So I do do a bit of psychoeducation with with clients as well because, you know, go on. How how does that work? How does that work? Well, look, our cortisol levels rise in the morning because that's what gets us out of bed. That's what gets us going. That's what gets us to work. That's what, you know, et cetera. We we need that cortisol. I mean, one of the issues that I do see a lot of clients with is them waking up early in the morning. That's a killer. It's not about not going to sleep. It's about zonking out and then waking up at about 4 a.m. and not being able to get back to sleep. Mm. Yeah, it's a common one, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. and that that feels a bit that you feel very powerless over that actually because it's just something that happens, you know, and and you ping awake. Yeah, and you're thudded with your morning cortisol as well, which doesn't help. What would be your tip for for someone who experiences that? Yeah, well, that's the point. Well, that's the point is um, you're starting to prepare from sleep from when you wake up in the morning. Your cortisol levels rise, but during the day, you know, very. I mean, look, I'm not going to go into the physiology of it because I'm not a medic, but mm. you know, with daylight hitting your irises, etc., you know, your body melatonin, the you know, melatonin comes into your body, and you're preparing gradually as it gets later and later. You know, the cortisol levels dip and the melatonin levels rise, and you're preparing for sleep as the day goes on. You know, mm. so. If your cortisol levels are high all day long because you're suffering with anxiety, so you're going into fight or flight all day long, you're never, mm. ever getting a break from it. It's really unrealistic to think that you're going to get fall into bed at night and go to sleep. Now, some people do, actually. They do because they're exhausted, but they fall asleep through utter exhaustion. Mm. And when their body's got that actual core four hours of sleep, you know, the deep sleep that they need, 
their bodies are so full of that adrenaline, that cortisol, that actually it kicks in very, very quickly. So what mm. I try and help clients work on is how to reduce their anxiety and their stress hormones throughout the day. Mm. So we're talking about that kind of psychoeducation thing. Mm. We all kind of have three systems in our body. We've got the drive system, the threat system, and the soothing system. And the drive system is, like I said, it's it's what what gets us up in the morning. It gets us to work. We do tasks. We achieve, etc. Okay, and we need that. Without that, we'd be we we wouldn't really function very well. And then we've got our threat system, which is what we you know evolutionary we were primed to perceive danger. You know, because that's uh, as we know, you know thousands of years ago there was a lot more actual danger around wasn't there so people kind of needed to be looking out for danger in order to literally stay alive mm. it isn't really the case now but we our bodies haven't changed too much and we're still always looking out for danger so that's our threat system and of course in anxiety that goes into our overdrive we see everything as dangerous a deadline mm. at work is danger it's literally dangerous you know um overwhelm too many tasks to do. We see it as danger. But we've also got our soothing system. And that's the, the part of us that needs to allow, give ourselves permission to say, it's okay to slow down, rest and digest. That's what our ancestors used to call it. It's rest and digest. It's not necessary sleep. Sleep comes into it, but it's rest and digest. And if you never allow yourself to go into your soothing system at any point during the day, and then you genuinely expect yourself to sleep at night, that's going to be really, really difficult. Mm. So it's about incorporating that, those those periods of letting your body go into, you know, slow down at various points throughout the day. Uh, I like that, yeah. Like, I, I remember when I, when I kind of talk to people about neuroception, you know, the kind of the, the flip between your sympathetic nervous system and your parasympathetic nervous system, a lot of what they can do to help sleep, yeah, is to, is to get balance in the day. You know, how much you, you know, I use the gear analogy and you know, it's just like, it's all good being in fifth gear all the time, but how often are you in first gear? Because if you go through mm. your entire day in fifth gear and then you go to bed, yeah. you ain't going to go to sleep. Not a yeah. chance. Your body, like you, know, like you said, Louise, is not having that time to go mm. shift, shift into the modes mm. that it needs to. Mm -hmm. um and and I, and I love the idea of actually sleep will come as a natural product of you kind of dealing with your anxiety mm. in the day dealing with stresses yeah. anxieties and stuff in the day and i believe that i think sleep is just a symptom of your own relationship with stress worry and fear if you sleep sleep you don't you don't you know uh and if you're not sleeping then there's obviously something there you know you, mm. you fear it but then don't just start adding fear of sleep and fear and insomnia mm. on top of it. Because one, you're okay. You're not, you know, it's not really going to hurt you. No. you know, Uncle Tony dying from lack of sleep. No one's ever heard of that. But like, kind of, it's just, yeah, you're relate. Ultimately, I think what we've been speaking about is your relationship with sleep itself. Mm -hmm. Stop seeing it as a tool to fix yourself. Yes, it's a natural function that we have to do. And of course it has its importance, just like blinking and breathing and eating. But at the same time, you know, I don't have to eat perfectly healthy every day. I don't need to, I, I don't drink eight pints of water a day or whatever it is I'm supposed to do. You know, it's okay. There is room 
for it to not be so so bad. And like I said, I mean, I've worked with people with insomnia for years, and they're still here. They're all right. I'm here. I'm all right. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. And uh, yes, yeah, so, so, so look at to challenge those. You know, the answer isn't in the output. The answer is in what can you do to deal with your stress, which I think is really really important. Um, I love the message that you've brought as well. Like, what can you do in the day to to, to get that? You know. Um, yeah. And I think it's also to remember when you said it's like it is important like you know well it's a function like breathing isn't it and it you know what it will come that's what people don't I think that's really important it's like if you hold your breath for long enough eventually you'll have to let go and take a breath and if you don't sleep for long enough your body will absolutely take over it will eventually do what it's got to do you 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 know it's just and people that's why you know soldiers fall asleep standing up and in the end, it will, it will happen if you stop fighting it. And honestly, it really is the fear of it. And I think looking back to my own insomnia, why it became a bit chronic at that time was literally the fear around mm. it. It wasn't about the lack of sleep. It was literally about the fear around it. Yeah, and the associations. Uh, what I hear a lot from like readers of my book and stuff and and most recently on my course is that they have a they have the a very common what if that flies around and it's what if I never sleep again? Mm-hmm. <laughs> have you ever had that? <laughs> what if I never yeah. ever sleep again? Yeah. And then and then they always what they're actually saying is what if I can't cope? Mm-hmm. What if I never sleep again and then and then I can't sleep? I don't have the yeah. emotional resources to yeah. cope. And then what if I can't cope? Uh, what if this is the first step to my demise? Yeah. For, you know, for yeah. going to be candid. Yeah. Uh, and and it never is. You know, yeah. it just it's obviously yeah. just anxiety. Because look, we're talking about this in in a fairly light-hearted way, and and it's true. It's important we get the message across that the very worst thing you can do when it comes to sleep is to worry about sleep. But I just want to add that actually, um, you know, sleep, lack of sleep, insomnia, starting to struggle with sleep can be a warning sign of an underlying health condition. So it is important if you suddenly find yourself not sleeping, and it's starting to become chronic and distressing in some way then it's worth a a trip to your GP it really is you know they will take you seriously and insomnia can be caused by various um, physical health conditions for example um, overactive thyroid um, obviously the menopause a lot of women struggle with sleep as they get near the menopause or in perimenopause and also the sleep apnea as well which is um, needs investigation so you know always worth a, a trip to your GP if um, insomnia is is causing you distress or it suddenly starts happening you know out of the blue and you've always been a good sleeper before the other thing is it's you know look we all have times where we don't sleep well when we're going through periods of um, change or adversity or loss or grief, it's it's very normal for sleep to become disordered. But the point is that, you know, usually it does eventually get back, you know, get back into some kind of pattern. However, when stress, anxiety or low mood tip over into something more serious, into a, an anxiety disorder or a depression, you know, insomnia can kind of be a red flag that says it's it's time to really ask for help with this and that help um, might come in the form of um, medication or therapy or actually making some difficult decisions about making changes in your life 
but it's important again to address the underlying thing it's not the insomnia that's causing you problems it's the underlying thing it's the thing that's causing you not to sleep so you know yeah there's a kind of light-hearted aspect to to this talk but there's some more serious things to take into consideration too thank you so much for coming on to the panic pod louise and doing more stuff with people to get to get on so it's not just me pontificating um where can people find you they can find me on my website, which is louise.tyler at pers- well, it's personalresilience.co.uk. Yeah. And I always regret calling it personal resilience. I, I made that name up 10 years ago and um, no one can spell it. <laughs> 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 so uh, I don't know whether you have any notes that you can put the link in, but it's yeah, personal we can resilience. Do that. Yeah. I'm also on Instagram, Louise Tyler Therapy as well. Go, go check out Louise Tyler or therapy on instagram as well that would be great and when this releases i'll uh i'll drop it on there as well and people can find you great thank you so much i hope you don't sleep tonight and i uh, hope (laughs) i don't either (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, and i'll speak to you soon thank you so much okay thanks thank you